the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1 to 13. We are looking at a series of teaching. We are broadly captioned overcoming giants. Somebody say overcoming giants. Say overcoming giants. Now, what we're seeking to establish in this teaching is the fact that Jesus overcame so we could overcome. Amen. Jesus did not become overcomer so that we will be victims of circumstances. We'll go through life barely making it. We'll go through life like victims. No, he overcame so that if we believe in that which he did on the cross, we are equally empowered with the same energy and power to be able to live as overcomers. Amen. And the victory that Jesus gives us in Christ covers all areas of our lives. It covers our spiritual life. It covers our uh, natural life. It covers our physical lives. It covers every area of our lives. And so we need to appreciate this truth and walk in the revelation of the same. The Bible said, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2, please. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food. They were fed with the same word. They had the same word of God taught to them. All of them drank the same spiritual drink. For they, they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. He says, nevertheless, with most of them. Somebody say, with most of them. Said, with most of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. There's a way we please God. Once we are saved, they were redeemed. They were saved. These guys were redeemed. All of them had been bought by the blood. But having been bought and redeemed by the blood, God expected that out of gratitude, they were going to live a life that would please him. But the Bible said most of them chose to live a life that was not pleasant to God. You must understand that to be redeemed from sin is not to go back and live in your life like a sinner. God did not redeem us from sin so we can continue to sin. That is not the emphasis. The Bible said, Paul, speaking in the book of Romans, he said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. We were not redeemed from sin to continue to sin. Praise the Lord. We were redeemed so that God through our lives will show unto the world the marvelous riches of him who redeemed us. He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. People that God has chosen out of darkness, that you show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Are you with me here? 
So it's important that we know that this is what God expects of us. And in order to live that kind of life, there are things we need to know. So Paul is speaking and from verse 1 he says, I do not want you to be aware. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he has a number of things he wanted them to be informed about. You remember that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Again and again he kept telling them that there are things you need to know. Because you see, once you get born again, what you know matters a lot. One fundamental difference between a winning Christian and a losing one Lastly, is a function of knowledge. The Bible said, my people are defeated. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. There are things you must know in order to live a victorious life. Now that you are redeemed, now that you are saved. Salvation is the first step. And the moment you are saved, you have to grow in knowledge. So Peter says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. When you get saved and you don't grow, you don't continue to grow, the effect of your salvation will not be seen in your life. So when you get born again, the most important thing after you are saved is to grow. Because if you don't grow, there is no way anybody will benefit. You yourself, you not even benefit from the salvation you have received from Christ. And others will not benefit. The kingdom of God will not benefit from the salvation you have received. Truly, you are saved. But the impact of your salvation will not be seen on others. Are you with me here? It's also important. That's why you can meet somebody who is born again and he's Christian. He's born again. He's filled with the spirit. He's born for heaven and he's living a life that is not consistent with the faith he professes. It's not because he's not born again. He's born again, but he is not growing in the knowledge of his work with God. Are you with me here? You see, the fact that a child poops on themselves does not mean that the child is not a human being. And most of the time, we miss the two. A child is full human being, full-fledged human being. Everything that a human being has, the child has it. The only thing is that that child is a child. That's why he will pull on themselves. And it's the same thing. When somebody is born again, he is fully saved. The blood of Christ has saved him. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's true. But for us to see that the person must grow, that's why spiritual growth is a key thing to pursue once you come into faith in Christ. Once you get born again. 2 Peter 2.1 He said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Once you are born again, the most important thing is to desire the sincere milk of the word that you will grow. 1 Peter 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now he says, we're reading Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. You see, the subject we are dealing with is very important because it has capacity and it can destroy many things in your life while on earth. These guys were saved. They were ordained for the promised land, but they couldn't get there. They couldn't get there, but because of these things, they gave their appetites to. There are great things for you in Christ, but to manifest them, you have to learn to grow. He said all of these guys, most of them, God was not pleased with them. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Look at verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us that we may not desire evil as they did. Take note of the word desire evil. They desired evil. Saved people desiring the wrong things. And when we talk about temptation, essentially what we are dealing with is desire. Desire, desire, desire. They desired evil things. 
They desire evil things. Do not become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. He says, we must not put Christ to test. We must not tempt the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Verse 10, nor grumble as some of them did grumble and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11, he says, now these things happen to them again. If you want to know why he's recounting all of these things that happened in Exodus and in Numbers, he says the reason why I'm bringing all of this to your remembrance is so that you will learn from that example. That's why in scripture, everything is documented. Everything is an example for us. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. He said, For the things which were written aforetime was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures may find hope. So all of the things have been written for our learning. We can learn from them. We can learn from the good. We can learn from the bad. Yeah, These were bad examples. And he says we can learn from them. And there were good examples. He says we can learn from them. Take me back, please. 11. Now, these things happen to them as an example that they are written for our instruction. So, what are we supposed to look at them? We have to look at them and learn from them. They instruct us on the path of righteousness. They show us the way to live. They show us the way we ought to live our lives to honor Christ. They have been saved. They have been redeemed. And they have a responsibility to live a life that was honoring to God. But they chose to live a life to satisfy themselves and forget about he who had laid down his life and paid the price for their redemption. Look at that. He says, upon whom the ends of the earth has come. Verse 12. Verse 12, he says, now, therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands Take heed lest he falls. And he comes to, he said, no temptation is taking you. So all the things that happened to them were temptations, they fail. Are you with me here? That's what he's saying. Everything he said, he's saying it to come to the point where he will tell us. The reason why I'm telling you this is because these same temptations that they face, they are same temptations you are facing. You are going to face all of them. The temptation to make idol of money. Where money becomes everything in your life. There are people who will never go to a shrine and bow to a God. But when it comes to money, you will set aside God and go for money. My money matters are different from my Christian worship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's important you take your money matters seriously. But when money becomes more important to you than God, where monetary appointment would have upper hand over service. You are coming to service. Somebody says, I'm bringing you money. No, the service is over. You must collect your money and let service hold on. <laughs> I'm not communicating here. <laughs> he says, these guys, all the temptations they face, all of this, he said, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. Turn to your neighbor and say, temptation is looking for you to overtake you. Run very fast. Or exit on the highway. Praise God. Said no temptation has overtaken you. And that word is very important. It wants to overtake you. It wants to pounce on you. That's what temptation is after. It wants to jump on you. It said no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. Say God is faithful. He said, God is faithful. Who will not let you be tempted beyond your ability? 
back with the temptation it will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it usually when i do teachings like this i really want to walk you through the whole the entirety of it through some of the general truths i share before i come back to pick them one after the other so that if i'm not able to exhaust it you are able to appreciate some things that's why usually i would do maybe some truth about the subject so that it, it puts the whole teaching in perspective you have to understand that when you get born again, sin does not have power over you. Somebody say, sin does not have power over me. Sin does not have power over me. Yeah, sin does not have power over you. Once you get born again, sin does not rule the believer. Sin is not your master. In fact, we are told in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 12 to 14, we can do the Amplified Version. Therefore, do not let, somebody say, do not let. Now, listen, in the New Testament and in the pieces in particular, anything he says, do not, you must see that you are power by it. If he says, do not, don't let anybody cross here. It means you have the power to not allow anybody to cross here. Do not let. Don't let. He said, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its last impassions. Don't let it. Don't let it. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't let it. Listen, it means when it happens, it is not God stopping you. It is you yielding. Don't let it. And he goes on to tell you, do not go on offering. You know how to offer something? You give it up. Do not go up offering your members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. In other words, don't give your body up for sin. But offer yourselves. There are two offerings. You are either offering yourself to God or you are offering your body up for all kinds of things. Offer yourselves to God in the decisive act as those alive. Somebody say, I'm alive. alive. Say, I'm alive. I'm alive. As those alive, raised from dead to a new life and your members, all of your abilities sanctified and set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. For sin, somebody say sin. sin. For sin shall no longer be your... Sin will no longer be your... Sin will no longer be your. Sin will no longer be your. Sin will no longer be your. Since you are not under the law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. Sin is not my master. Somebody say, Sin is not my master. Sin is not my master. master. I'll come back to teach on mastering sin because it's not your master, so you have to be in charge. Sin is not your master. Sin is not your master. So when you sin, you have chosen to sin. It's not that you are overpowered by sin. You are stronger. Somebody say, I'm stronger than sin. (laughs) Say, I'm stronger than sin. Yeah, that's, that's what the scripture says. Sin is not your master. But you see, most of the time, sin takes advantage of us and sometimes we end up becoming victims of sin and it looks as if sin is our master because usually... We want to attack the act without getting to the root of the act. We want to uh, fight sin by attacking the fruit instead of the root. And that is what the subject of temptation is about. When you are able to eliminate temptation, you have eliminated sin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from So, in other words, if you are led into temptation, sin becomes automatic. But if you are able to deal with temptation 
And most of the time, that is where we miss it. That's why we're taking time to grow through this. We saw in James chapter 1 verse 13 to 15. He said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Next week, that's what we'll be looking at. When he is drawn away. Somebody say drawn away. away. Say drawn away. (laughs) That's where it starts from. There are things when you watch, they draw you away. Draw you away from fellowship. Draw you away from prayer. When you are drawn away, the thing has started. <laughs> it, there is always a starting point. Tell you, let me say there's a starting point. Okay, so there's a starting point. We saw it. There's a starting point. There's a starting point. There's a place where it all begins. Look at Second Samuel. Let me show you. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 1 to 5. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 1 to 5. We'll do the New Living Translation. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David, somebody say normally go to war. <laughs> there are certain routines when you break them. You are calling trouble for yourself. <laughs> It says, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. The question is, doing what? Why did he stay? Why did he stay? Why did he stay? Let one afternoon, because he stayed, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. Why walk about on the roof of the palace? As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. (laughs) He sent someone. You see, when you read it like that, it looks like when he saw no, then he sent. <laughs> but a lot of things happened in between his ears before he took this action. And usually that's where it's all processed. That's where it's all processed. He sent. He sent to find out who she was. I mean, what is it? Somebody's laughing. Why do you want to know her? He was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. I mean, the things that he heard should have stopped him. But you see, the mind had processed everything already. So he was just at the point of execution. That is the point where you get to. He has gone beyond drawn. He has gone beyond desire. He's gone beyond enticement. And he's at the point of execution. So if you are going to overcome temptation, you have to stop it at the drawing stage, the desire stage, the enticement stage. Before you get, because see, the act is the ultimate. That's what I'm telling you that usually we begin to regret the action, but we don't take steps to stop the process. It's a process. Somebody say it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. The Bible says, David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rite after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Ah, David. <laughs> <laughs> Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, 
I am pregnant. <laughs> That's a message that usually the men don't want to hear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, that's David. Last week, we began exploring some truth about temptation. Somebody say temptation. temptation. Now, you see, there is no one who can say that he does not come face to face with temptation. I don't know if any of you don't have temptation. I'll call you to come and lay hands on me and pray for me. <laughs> because you are too powerful and anointed. <laughs> I will need your kind of grace. <laughs> The Bible said, no one is exempted from temptation. James 1, 13 and 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man, verse 14. Somebody say, every man. Every man man does not mean every man. Every man, every woman. Every person is tempted. When he is drawn away from his own last and enticed. So we said that nobody is exempted from temptation. The Bible says of a truth, I perceive God is not a respecter of persons. That is what us chapter 10 verse 34 and 35 says. But you see, temptation too of a truth is no respecter of persons. Temptations go to everybody. Number two, we said temptation is not a sin. If you can stop temptation, you can stop sin. Temptation is not sin. Don't feel bad if you feel tempted in a certain way. If you have some immoral thought, it's not, it's not a sin. Don't allow Satan to keep you in guilt. But he's looking for you. He's just an awareness. He's just telling you that I'm interested in you. I'm coming after you. <laughs> That's what it means. But it's not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. The Bible says, For we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Number three, we say temptations do not come from God. God does not tempt us. God does not tempt us. God does not tempt us. Number four, we said no believer has immunity against falling into temptation. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. Wherefore, let no man, let him that thinketh he stand, take it lest he falls. There are no temptation taking you except that which is common to man. So nobody has immunity. Somebody say, I don't have immunity. Yeah, this is one area that as long as you live in this body, you have to deal with. You will never grow out of temptation. You can't say, I have done 100 days of fasting and prayer. I'm over with temptation. Never again in my life. Even Jesus, the Bible says, Satan left him for a more opportune time. When he finished and he gave him straight, straight answers, Satan said, I surrender. Today you win, but I'm coming back. I shall be back. Tell to your neighbor and say, he shall be back. So you have to be on the watch out. The Bible said, be sober, be vigilant. Because you have an adversary. You have an adversary. You see, you were saved. There are three parts of your being. This is where temptation really works. You are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. And your body is the center of all the battles you have to fight. Your body and your mind, of course. Once the mind is arrested, it transmits the charges to the body. Then the body begins to find ways to execute it. Praise the Lord. Uh, so we and the dealing, the mastering your mind has to do with a joint effort. In fact, it's your responsibility. But the tool with which you do that is the word of God. It's the word of God that empowers you to be able to have a renewed and a transformed mind. You cannot live a transformed life without a transformed mind. Your mind has to be transformed in order for you to live out your full identity and the reality of who you are in Christ. Amen? 
So nobody is immune. Somebody say, I'm not immune. Okay, so don't be acting like you're a super spiritual giant. He said, take heed lest you fall. And we said that every temptation is common. Somebody say, my temptations are common. Yeah, because there are people who also have taken it upon themselves to specialize their challenges. What I'm dealing with. And they will tell you the history of all the people who have been dealing with that. As if it's a unique thing that is only limited to our family. It's a family challenge. No, it's not a family challenge. It's a common spiritual challenge. Somebody says it's a common spiritual challenge. Okay, we want to continue tonight. Number six, temptations come principally from the devil. Now, I put principally in inverted commas. Principally, because very soon you also know that it's not just the devil. <laughs> the devil is the one who is called the tempter, but the tempter works through some other means. And we'll be dealing with that means through which he works. Temptations come principally from the devil. The devil who is after you. The devil wants to mess you up. The devil is the one who is coming after you. The Bible says, when Jesus was led of the spirit into the wilderness, Matthew 4, verse 1, to be tempted of the devil. So, tempted of the devil. That's where it's coming from. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible said, afterward he was hungry, and when the tempter came to him, he said to him, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So, in just those few verses, we see where temptations come from. Principally, Satan is the architect. Satan is our enemy. How many of you know that Satan is your enemy? That's what the Bible says. God calls him our enemy. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, he's the one. He said, Satan came to him. Here, we are told the tempter came. From verse 1, we are told he was tempted of the devil. Later on, Jesus speaking, he said, get away from me, Satan. So, his, the identity of the person doing the tempting is clearly revealed from scripture. And then James says, no man is tempted of God. So, God is not behind it. So, Satan tempts us, but he uses certain things that are legitimate in us to bring about the temptation. Number 7, the temptations you face are customized for you. Somebody say, customize for me. <laughs> say, the temptations I face are customized for me. What they call easily besetting sin is a customized temptation. It's a customized temptation that you have not learned to master. When we say customize, you know what it means. It is tailor-made to fit you. It fits you perfectly. There are some people, if you put money here, 100,000 Ghana CD. It will be there for the next one year. They won't touch it. Yeah. If you put, uh, uh, what do you call it? Meat here. For cat. <laughs> you know it will be a challenge. Yeah. You tell cat, oversee it for me. I'll be back the next one week. It will not be there. Praise the Lord. The other things. When you put down two for some other animals, you meet it in the next one year. Praise God. Everybody's appetite is different. Uh -huh. So sometimes it may look like somebody is very strong in one area, but they are also weak in another area. Their area of weakness is their area of customized temptation. So all of us, we have our unique. Satan customizes it. The Bible says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away. Look at James. When he's drawn away, 
drawn away of what? My own last. Your own last. Your last is different from my last. <laughs> Your last is different from my last. Yeah. Some people, their own is pride. It's heavy. You can smell it when they walk into a place. <laughs> yeah, heavy. Heavy. Some people to use covetousness. That's their own. Our desires are common, but our desires are different. And that's where temptations work. They work within our desires. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own evil desires and passions. Number eight, no temptation comes your way without prior approval from God. When temptations are coming your way, you have to understand that God has weighed them already. He is not the one tempting you, but he allows it. It's part of our development and growth. It's a test in the sense of our obedience and our loyalty and dedication to God. We are told in the book of 1 Corinthians, it's clearly there, there are no temptations taking you except that which is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Some other translations, I think the New Living Translation, so who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able? You will not allow, you will not suffer you. Give me the New Living Translation. You will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Praise the Lord. You have to follow this because the things I'm going to say, the truth I'm sharing, they, they flow one into another. Okay? So, the temptations you face, they come with God's approval. When Satan went and checked out on God, God knew that no matter what happens, Job was not going to give up on him. And God was so sure of that. He said, take this, take this. He said, I know him. And God knows you. And that knowledge God has about you should embolden you and make you strong in the face of temptation. There's a certain confidence God has for you. So don't disappoint him. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, don't disappoint him. Don't disappoint yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't disappoint him. <laughs> don't disappoint him. He knows you are more than able to deal with it. Or he's lying. <laughs> God knows you. God knows you. God knows you. He knows you. That the beer you have been drinking, you can stop it. <laughs> oh, you are surprised. Some people drink beer. Maybe some of them are not here tonight, but some may be here. They drink it and they are still in church. I mean, they're fine. <laughs> Customize. <laughs> yeah. Every time you take it and the bubbles are, they say, you're about to take it. God is looking at you. Ah, this is my son. <laughs> <laughs> ah, why are you doing this why are you not releasing your power because you can stop it you see the new man is very powerful the new man in Christ is very very powerful that's what the Bible says let not put away do this I mean, most of those instructions they are just given to you to take charge let not sin have dominion over you neither give place to the devil I mean, if you are powerless he will not be giving you those instructions so you have to understand that. Number nine. Is it number nine? No temptation is above your capacity to overcome. No temptation is above your capacity to overcome. No temptation is above your capacity to overcome. Somebody say I have capacity, I have capacity. and ability, and ability. To, overcome it. to overcome it. The Bible said God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are Able, able to do what? Able to overcome it. Able to overcome it. Able to bring that giant temptation down. And I see you bring the giant temptation down. Yeah. It used to be a giant temptation, but from now it's no more. Yeah. 
you are bringing them down in the name of Jesus. So, God has given you capacity to overcome it. He's giving you capacity to overcome it. Understand that you have capacity to overcome it. I mean, it's, isn't it interesting that in the book of Genesis, God could look at Cain and tell him, sin is knocking at your door, master it. I mean, look at that. He says, sin is knocking at your door, master it. And the guy will not master it. So, sin overcame him. <laughs> sin is knocking at your door, master it. Master it. That is before the blood of Christ was shed. Master it. And now today, you have been raised far above principalities and powers. Your capacity to overcome is all... You are not a victim. Somebody say, I'm not a victim. Yeah. The Christian does not play victim mentality. No. God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able? God is faithful and you are able. Somebody say, God is faithful. I am able. You see? If you are going to overcome temptation, we have to know God's part and our part. He is faithful and we are able. Because he is faithful, whatever power he says we have, we can trust that that power is there. And when we release that power, we overcome it. Yeah. And then, the part I like so much is, he says, but with the temptation also. Now you see, what? So, you are able, but just in case you, you feel like a you can't stand. There's a way. Somebody said there's a way. There's a way. <laughs> yeah. There's a way. He said, but with the temptation also. So apart from what I've said earlier, when you are confronted and you are overwhelmed, understand that quarter, quarter crowd, there's a way. There's a way. When the worst case scenario comes, there's a way. And I tell you, anybody who has ever fallen into temptation knew that there was a way and they refused to take it. When you went to visit... And you started watching a certain movie and you ate together and you were sitting on different chairs and at a certain point, he came to sit by you and you didn't do anything and you were there and he now put his uh, hand on your, your tie and he was stroking it. I mean, there was a way all along. You could have gotten up and sat or you could have, uh, listen, there is always a way. <laughs> Am I communicating here? There's a way. There's a way. When you go and visit your beloved and then you lock the door. Why should you lock the door? <laughs> you are blocked the way. <laughs> you are blocking the way. <laughs> there is a way. Tell to the there's a way. There's a way. Yeah. There's a way. Don't block the door. Now you have locked the door. If fire is coming, where will you run to? Now, that's number 10. For every temptation that comes your way, there is a way of escape. For every temptation that comes your way, there is a way of what? There is always a way of escape. There is always a way of escape. There is a way of escape. There is a way of escape. There is a way of escape. Look at this. 2 Peter 2 verse 9. He said, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Somebody said, the Lord knows. Yeah, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. The Lord knows. God knows how to deliver. How does God deliver? One, there are too many things God does to deliver the godly out of temptation. He gives you the ability to overcome it because he says you are able. 
And then beyond giving the ability to over, one, he tells you not to overestimate yourself. In fact, from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 to 13, we see all of it. How to deal with it. How will you overcome it? He said, number one, don't overestimate yourself. Let him that think at his stand take it less he falls. Two, understand that you are going to face temptation just like anybody else faces temptation. Three, he tells you that the temptations are customized for you. God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to deal with. So you are able to deal with it. And then he tells you that even if your strength is becoming weak, understand that in the midst of it, I make a way. So God has a way of delivering. God delivers us. There's a way. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And he does that by making a way of escape. Somebody say a way of escape. Okay, so now if you agree with me that no temptation is above your capacity to overcome. Every temptation that comes your way, there's a way of escape. Then we must all say number 11 together. (laughs) Falling into temptation is a choice and never an accident. (laughs) Somebody say falling into temptation temptation. is a choice. And not an accident. (laughs) It's a message, eh? (laughs) Falling into temptation is a choice and not an accident. It's not my fault. No. That's a statement of spiritual irresponsibility. It's your fault. It's not the devil. (laughs) It's not the devil. (laughs) It's your fault. You cooperated with him. Falling into temptation is a choice and not an accident. It does not just happen. It does not just happen. Yeah. It does not just happen. But the time, for instance, you visit your beloved and you go and lock the door. Immediately, you must know that <laughs> you have made a choice. There's a certain choice you have made. <laughs> yeah, temptation is, you are in the process. You have not started going into the act, but you are being drawn. <laughs> Things are running through your mind. Number 12, falling into temptation is not the end of your spiritual journey with God. Falling into temptation is not the end of your spiritual journey with God. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. He says, the just man falleth seven times and he riseth up again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. By, by the way, you must understand that all of these things are not to encourage you to continue falling and uh, be singing uh, Donnie McClickin. We fall down and we got up. We fall down and we got up. For a saint is a sinner who falls down. Got up. Listen. If you are going to Tamale from here and you are falling and getting down, where will you get there? <laughs> the next 15 years, you will never be there. You cannot. But you have to understand that that is not the end because sometimes when people fall into temptation, Satan comes hard at them. You can't make it again. This thing, you have been struggling with it. You are, that is why some people are now coming into all kinds of uh, weird beliefs that I'm born to be transgender, I'm born to be this. <laughs> it's not. You can. Somebody say, I can overcome it. And then number 13, which is my final point. God rewards those who overcome temptation. God rewards those who overcome temptation. The Bible says that God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God blesses. 
James chapter 1 verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. When we get to heaven, there are going to be many rewards. And there will be reward for overcoming temptation, for works of righteousness. God is going to reward you. Joseph was rewarded. His destiny was almost aborted. But because he overcame the temptation that came his way, he found his way to the place God had ordained for him. The Bible said, Job, God gave him double as much as he had before. If you look at the story of Jesus, it's beautiful. In the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Luke 4, 13. When the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. He did what? He returned in the power. Let me tell you something. You see, the more you keep falling into the same temptation over and over and over, the less powerful you feel. Have you seen that? Yeah. It weakens your ability to deal with it. It's not that you don't have the capacity. But when you don't deal with the temptation and you allow it, that's why he says, when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So you are literally in a position, death is in a situation where you are incapable of doing anything about it. It looks like you are locked. It looks like you have been bogged. It looks like there is no way out. That's why we need to take a strong resolve to deal with it. And here you are, you have the capacity to deal with it. Somebody say, I overcome temptations. I overcome giant temptations. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm more than a conqueror. My mind is renewed. My spirit is alive. My body is yielded. I respond to God. My body is yielded. It's offered unto God as instruments of righteousness. I yield my members. I yield my eyes. I yield my hands. I yield my feet. Every part of my being is offered unto God as instruments of righteousness. I don't live for myself. I live to honor Christ. I honor Christ in my mind. I honor Christ in my soul. I honor Christ in my spirit. I honor Christ in my deeds. In all my ways, Christ is honored. Lift up your hands and begin to bless him. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.